Yeah, what's up? It's time. I'm gonna keep it with y'all know. It's time. All right, I'd like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Search Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. We each and every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Well, and happy Juneteenth to everyone, to everyone, the 19th of June. This is the date. This is the day. Uh, many say uh, it is their biggest holiday. Uh, always have been with among black people. The, the, I'd say the second largest holiday of the year behind Christmas only. And it's strange that Juneteenth and Christmas always come on the same day of the week. So if whatever day Juneteenth is on, Christmas will be on. So Christmas obviously will be on a Saturday this year. Uh, but we always... Find things that uh, we can look at, celebrate, and then move forward upwardly on those things. This was a long time coming. And the grand lady from Fort Worth who took off walking every, for the last 40 years, going to Washington, campaigning for this to become a national holiday. And it is. Because that the end of slavery in Texas meant the end of slavery in America, governmental slavery, what we're talking about. It was uh, there. It was on the books. We had been freed. Uh, January 1st, 1863, but we are two and a half years late here in Texas. But when Gordon Granger and his 3,000 Soldiers got to Galveston and, and announced. And then they came on into the shores of Texas. Uh, we need to really look at this day as a day of reflection. I would want you to want to hear what you have to say about this day. What What is it? What is it all about? Is it a day of reflection? Or is it a day of just celebration, barbecue, Soda Pop and I hear them talking about all the good food we eat. Our own. I've been watching on national TV and they're telling you this. But one thing about them, too, they get on national TV and get sophisticated. They would talk about the collard greens. They talk about the chicken. They would talk about different dishes. But they always left the main entree off. They always left it off. I guess they were ashamed to tell the main entree. Well, see, some people, you know, they get on that TV, they didn't know that before. White folks, and they don't want to tell it all. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm right here before my station manager, white man is in here right now, and I'll tell the main entree on right now. It was watermelon. <laughs> it was, that was what it was. That was man, watermelon, red soda water. Well, that's what we called it back then, and... I'd say so the we, main entree is freedom, man. Yeah, well... That's what, that's they, what they, you they, talked about. Well, they were rejoicing. Um, I tell you what, uh, but the old people used to gather us youngsters together back in those days. I'm going back over, well over 60 years. They would tell us about what it was all about, that we would be made free. 
I, my great-grandmother was born into slavery, and she told me about things that happened during that time. And when we see what's, what it was all about, she could make it so vivid and so plain. It had an imprint on my mind that have lasted until this day. It's just as strong as the day she told me. It have lasted on how they were treated. And, um, and I'm so glad because once they passed the Civil Rights Bill and we began to do a little better, there were many African Americans said, no, we don't need to celebrate this day no more. We need to curse this day. We don't need to celebrate it. Well, I understand what they're saying. We were actually, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was there on, on uh, the uh, 1st of uh, January, 1863. But we have to understand that that's also how watch meeting got started. Watch meeting services on New Year's Eve, slaves stayed up all over the South, all over the place, waiting for that 12 o'clock hour, which meant that they would be free. Abraham Lincoln had signed, was going to sign the bill at that time and make them free. But I want to know this morning, up to you, I just want to ask you all, what do you think? about Juneteenth, your opinion. You would be surprised the various amount of opinions I get from people about the 19th of June. Some say it's a day we should always commemorate, always celebrate. Then others say, no, that's a day we ought to be cursing because they came two years late. Well, I don't know. I have my own opinion, but I really want to hear what you all have to say about this date. Uh, there will be many people, many places that will be having big celebrations. Now, this used to be a big day. Everybody used to celebrate it when I was a kid. Uh, we had near our town on Little River a place called Bunker Hill. Everybody would go. Boy, people would be there about the thousands. Tens of thousands look like it'd just be there. Then they had Comanche Crossing. Comanche Crossing. Comanche Crossing was killed by guess what? The police. Police. They got some boys that they accused of smoking marijuana and put them in a boat. I guess was taking them to their uh, squad cars to be. Uh, Arrested, they were arrested, and there at Comanche Crossing, that was right there on the Navasota River, outside of Mahia, Texas. This was, I think, was around about 1971, 72. It was early 70s, and the boat turned over, and they had handcuffed handcuffed these uh, boys. I think it was two of them, and. When the boat turned over, they couldn't they couldn't swim because they were hit, handcuffed, and they drowned. That put a damper. That pretty well killed Comanche Crossing. That was a big that was a big celebration. Also, you had celebrations all over Texas, but I think the people 
who left Texas and went to other states, they're actually the ones who kept this holiday alive because we were letting it uh, die in Texas because we, we got too sophisticated to celebrate the 19th of June. Now that it has become a national holiday, everybody ought to get in the groove. It's a holiday. A lot of uh, federal workers was off yesterday. And uh, since the holiday was on a Saturday, it took off the day before. Next year it'll be on a Sunday. I guess people will take off on Monday and get them a real long holiday. holiday. So I don't know how they're going to do a lot of things. But it's, it's symbolic of what we want and desire. We want and desire what all human beings want. Freedom. Freedom. Uh, opportunity to exercise our rights. We should have it. We've done everything for this country. We fought, gave our life for this country. First person to die in war for America was a black man. You know that, Christmas Addicts. We had so many. I lost a, a brother in Korea. My oldest brother was killed in Korea uh, fighting for America. Uh, I've lost friends right across uh, the freeway here from the station is a community known as Hamilton Park. And uh, his name was William Daniels, Bill Daniels, we used to call him. He was killed in uh, Vietnam. And there are others, so many I know, that lost their lives in war for America. But when we uh, began to realize what's going on, What's happening? Why is it we can't achieve freedom? Why is it we are so hated? One of the main problems is ours is that we will not come together as a people, as one. We're so easily divided one against the other because we were taught this from slavery. We were taught this. But we, it's time now. Time out for that. It's 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 time. It's been past time. Should have happened. Should never been. America is great today, not because America is. They just were so smart. They are smarter than everybody else in the world. I was looking at President Biden with the, the that uh, what they call the G seven, those seven richest and biggest economy nations. Guess what they all had in common? They had racism, perpetual racism. They had slavery. Every one of them check everyone's history in those nations. They are sitting and boasting and sitting back 
looking down at everybody else in the world. Really, if you want to know the truth, that's what they really were doing. And bragging about how they're the richest nations on earth. And they do it in symbolically saying, well, we're smarter than everybody else on earth. That's not true. They are more oppressive and have been in their past. More oppressive than any other nation on earth. They've been very oppressive, every one of those nations. Now, what, what is it? People don't like to give up their advantages, their status, being number one, being number two. They don't like to give that up. And it's not going to be given up freely. Nobody wants to take theirs and oppress them, but they fear the unknown, the fear of the unknown there. What would the black man do if he was made free? When I've studied and looked and studied all over history, the black man doesn't seem to have within him an oppressive nature. Never have. <laughs> you look at the beginning of the world until now. The black man has never been an oppressor. And I'm going all the way from the beginning because I'm reading one of the main books I read and study closely on all of this is the Bible. Everything that happened there within the Old Testament was in Africa. And it was we never had an oppressive nature. It's one of those things that we are trustworthy, loyal people to others. We've been taught, taught to uh, not trust one another. But we're very trustworthy, loyal people. In fact, even after the end of slavery, after 1865, many, many whites admired blacks because they said blacks were the most loyal people in the world. They admired us. Who do we have on? Uh, Reverend Barnett, we yeah. have Tony on the line. Tony, all righty. Good morning, Tony. All righty. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Tony, I tell you what, uh, I'm up against a short break, and we'll be right back. Then y'all can call me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. All right, we're back on Church Information and Open Forum. All right, good morning, Joe. How are you, Reverend How you doing? Fine, how are you this morning? Oh, yeah, well... Uh, the other guys, he had a funeral to go to today, so. Yes, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So are you saying they're just throwing us a bone?
Well, Joe, Joe, when you go back over the years, you're old enough to remember H. Ross Burnett, George Wallace, you know, uh, all these governors that were so radically, so racist, but they, they hid behind what was going on the state's rights. I, I, I really feel like we have a governor here in Texas is as backwards or uh, worse than they were. What's that? <laughs> now, now he know you know he your homeboy. He lived right there in Duncanville. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he he's doing things. Now, we talk about we fighting for democracy worldwide and everything, and we sending troops here, there, everywhere. But don't want you to vote here in America. Uh, I don't know. She, she. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll work in the show. Well, now, they were denying some of the... What officers was that? This woman was... Uh, it wasn't a man. Was about to get this off, but they found out he he used to uh, use undocumented workers to work in his yard. You you remember that, don't you? Hmm? Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, throw up the speed bumps. We seem to fight when our backs are against the wall. We we fight better when we're in the ropes, on the ropes, and got to come out. Everybody go to the polls. We got about four or five of those guys at the top of our state government here in Texas that we need to get out of office. We need to get those out. They said they don't want souls for the polls. They don't want certain things, and... Talking about voter suppression, you know that's a lie, especially among black people, because we'd be screaming and hollering after every election, you didn't go to the polls like you should have. Ain't nobody talking about stealing votes. They, 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 they didn't. They, we was not exercising the rights that we had to do it honestly, so let alone they're not going to steal any votes. So uh, we just got to get rid of these guys. All right. That closes the line, 972-647-1893. All right, Dave, who do we have? Uh, uh, yeah, Brother Yuri. Brother Yuri? Uh, yes. Brother Yuri? 
You're Irving. All right, go right ahead. You're on air. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 94 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, is that right? Thank you. Thank you for your call and coming. Conclusion line 972-647-1893. Who do we have next? Uh, uh, who, who do we have? Uh, we are trying to get these calls on, Reverend Barnett. I'm, I'm fairly new to this. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, well and um, Juneteenth, they... They're going to start at uh, the park out there. Can what? All right, Mr. Blair's park. That's out there in Bondon off of Bear Street. And they're going to march all the way to Fair Park. Okay, Y'all going out there to uh, Blair Park? And, ooh, that's going to be a long march. I don't know. Uh, I... Two and a half miles, that's a little, that's a little too long for me. <laughs> I'm not going to try that one. We have, we have Gary on line one, right? Gary? Uh, all right. Good morning, Gary. Fine. How are you doing? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do it on the fly. So hang out just a second. Yeah. 
Yeah, you ready for the you ready for the millennial rain already, huh? Okay, ain't nothing wrong with ain't nothing man, wrong with what you're saying. Dude, I don't believe in the man. Yeah. I swear I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in nothing he say, nothing he do. I mean, All I right. faith is in God. I ain't gonna tell you not to work now. I'm not gonna tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, you don't believe in it. I ain't gonna never believe in it. Bible teaches don't put your faith in man. Put your faith in God. All right. Man let you down every time. That's right. You remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I thank what you for you your call. Lord, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay strong. Yes. Because this devil, he is, man. He's weak. He's he weak, man. He don't know God. Because God's word is sharper than the two-year sword. His word is sharp, man. It's sharp. Mm-hmm. You're right. Cutting asunder. All right. Thank you. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. I, Who do you have, Dave? I believe we have Reverend Wright. Reverend Wright. Good morning, preacher. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing this morning? Fine. You doing all right? Good, good, good. Listen, I want to. I've got an invitation for you, but I want to come in first on your Juneteenth celebration. This is me, Pastor, because mm-hmm. I'm originally from Dallas too. And mm-hmm. I, you know, God bless the young lady that he did all, who did all that walking. But why should we be concerned about celebrating the holiday? Uh, picking up, celebrating the day we should have been free two years earlier. Mm-hmm. But I know, you know, they'd rather do that than if we're going to celebrate it. Where's our 40 acres and a mule at? Well, Why that's one. You see, uh, if that 40 acres and a mule uh, was, had been given the way it was promised, we would be $7 trillion richer as a nation okay. of people than we are today. That's taking seven trillion dollars and spreading it across all African Americans. We would have that much more money had the forty acres and a mule promise been kept. Well, see, Lincoln, Lincoln promised that. That was one of the main reasons he was assassinated, and also Lincoln had built a bank across the street from the White House in order for us to get borrow money to develop our property because we knew how to develop property and farm better than anybody because we're the ones who didn't, who had been doing the farming, not white. They knew we were going to go, we were going to really, really build America up because we knew how to farm. See, these things, yeah, these things, we would be $700 trillion. I'm saying Trillion with a T, richer than we are today. Yes, the penitentiary. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. City Hall Prayer Visual at City Hall Plaza, and mm-hmm. it's called Man of God, Man Up. 
and it's all mm-hmm. the preachers in the Dallas area. And yeah. I'm going to email you a copy of the invitation. Now, what, what day? And what day does that give? Give that again. It's going to be June the thirtieth. June thirtieth. What June, time? June is the last Wednesday of this month. All right. What time? And it's going to start at eleven thirty to one, and we're going to invite all the preachers in black and white, and we want them to pray. But my thing is, pastors, is especially for us as black pastors, even white pastors, that we men of God, color should make a difference. Mm-hmm. Why is it that certain races are being despaired against? And you know, we got a generation that was attacked. If we as men of God don't step out and help our community, right. we can't get mad at nobody else. All right, and all so right. If we're not together as men of God. How can we expect our people to be together? And well, so that's going to, and I'm going to send you an invitation, but it's called Man of God, Men Up. All right, Man of God, Man Up. All right. Man right. Up. All right that's so it. I'll send you the invitation. I, I, I still got your email address, so I'll send you a text, either one or two. So okay. You, have you can give me any passes you want. I want all of y'all to pray all of them well, to pray we'll keep the announcement going. We'll keep it going here. Yeah. But it's for the men of God. I just want the men. I know we yeah. got women preachers, God's but this preachers. is for the men. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Okay, and I'll send that information to you. Uh, thank pleasure. you. All right. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. We're going to do a quick break, and we'll be right back with Charles. All okay? right. We'll be back with Charles. All right. Yeah, what's up? It's I'm going to keep it you all right, we're back. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, go uh, go right ahead. You're on there. Hey, Rep Barnett, this is from Charles. I'm over here in West Dallas. Yes, uh huh. Just up in there, we met Will's here. Uh huh. A week ago, he signed a bill for the universities in Texas to pay their student athletes. Okay, mm-hmm. we did not hesitate to pay that bill. Yeah, we need to take we need to take that same step and send our student athletes away from Texas. Okay, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, and Georgia need to send their black athletes back up to the north, like they did back in the sixties. Mm-hmm. And we'll, well get their attention. Yeah, and we will mm-hmm. get their attention. Nothing else gets their attention but athletics. Nothing else. Get their attention, but that's the lesson. We need to send our kids to work. Well, one thing that we could do is our, our superstars, and you're going to start seeing it now, more of it, our superstars will stop going to uh, predominantly white schools and start going to predominantly black schools. We have to. We have to. We have, yeah. we have to get their attention one way or another, and that's the only way that we can get it is that lesson. Regardless, mm-hmm. we can't get it. In Austin, we can't get it from voting because we don't have the numbers. We have got to send our kids away, and we've got to make the University of Texas and m starve for winning, and that's the only way to do it. Well, now, see, the the, the so-called brother school or sister school to Texas A&M is Prairie View. They're under the same regent, and they've, Correct. they've Correct. always shortchanged Prairie View and put all the money in Texas A&M. And uh, right. that, that 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 would work. That's one region that really needed to have been chastised many many years ago. It's been always been a very racist region, Prairie View and uh, Texas A and M. Those two. Well, you know they, 
it took it took for it to sue the system to 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 start getting correct funding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which happened about twenty years ago. Yeah. That did, but, but that, but over the years, long before that, uh, they would just just give all the revenue to A and M and send hardly just pittance to, uh, to uh, PV. That's all. Correct. Yeah, that's Correct. the way. They, and they do this did TSU the same way. They would uh, give all the money to the University of Houston, which is right across the street uh, from Texas Southern. So, uh, uh, same thing been going down. These regions really have been very, very hostile against black universities. Very well, if we, can send our, if we can starve them, take the winning edge away from them, and mm-hmm. send those star athletes away from the University of Texas A&M and whoever else, TCU, mm-hmm. and we can get their attention in Austin. Because we've got to do a better job in Austin. Greg yeah. Abbott is not for black people at all, of people of color. And we have got to get him out of office. Please, let's get him out of office. Uh, Greg, Greg Abbott is the worst governor I've seen in my lifetime. He's worse than Alan Shivers was. And that's, well, and that, and that's saying, in my lifetime, he's worse than Rick Perry. And Rick Perry was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, Rick Perry was good compared to Alan Shivers. Shivers. And uh, there have been some others, but... Uh, this governor we got now is the worst I've ever seen in Texas. All right. Well, let's get let's get our kids away from here and ship them out, and we'll get their attention in about two or three years. Mm-hmm. He'll change all those voting laws and everything else. All Thank right. You, all right. Thank you. Uh-huh. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Dave? Beverly. Uh, line three. Be- Beverly. All right. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I have a big old smile on my face. Wonderful. I've always, I've always celebrated Juneteenth. I love the show. This I know morning. that's right. I know that's right. You. I love the show this morning. What I want to do is recommend uh, give my pumps to uh, Pastor uh, Wright, Ronald Wright. That's uh-huh. a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Our black preachers need to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. This is unreal. That's what Martin Luther King was about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've lost it, but we're coming back, you guys. We just have to keep fighting. This is not the end of it. We have to mm-hmm. keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really love Miss Oprah Lee. I shout out to that little lady. She put Isn't me in the she wonderful? She puts me in the man of my grandmother. Yeah. She's yes. wonderful. Have a good, yes. Have a good day, you guys. All right. Thank you. Thank and you for your call. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, that's one thing we were going to mention later, but we got to mention it now. Father's Day is Sunday. Yes. yes. And, happy uh, Father's Day. Everybody. Anyone like to call in and brag on their father? Say All something right. good about your daddy. Somebody right, call everybody. in and say something good about your daddy. All right? Okay. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Yes, it's gone. I want to hear something good about your daddy. Also, did you have a did you have a good father? Did you have someone that taught you things, boys? Uh, I, I I used to get so upset. I told my boys, yeah, "Don't you get on TV hollering, hi, mom." Now they be on TV playing football. Big, big old 300-some pound guy down there. They put the mic in front of me. My first thing, hi, Mom. And, 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 and all you boys I know, 
Did hardly any of your mama teach you how to play football? It's some man. It might have been an uncle. Call him because if there's been a man in your life that really catered to you, call in and, and give him some props. All righty. We have Andy Brand on line one, Reverend Barnett. Andy. All right. Andy Brand. Andy Brand. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. It's Andy. Uh, I just wanted to call in and brag on my father. He's no longer with me. This is my uh-huh. second Father's Day without him. <laughs> oh. I was a he was my strongest supporter, my advisor. Whenever I had problems, he would listen to me talk it out. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to shout out to my daddy, Prophet Lee Jr. And also to my husband for stepping up and stepping in where my children's father passed away. My current husband stepped in and filled the road. Thank oh, that's you. wonderful. Thank you have every day oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Say something good about a, a father figure in your life. He didn't have to be uh, your biological father. Just uh, a man, a father figure in our lives. Who do we have? Imani on line two. Imani, good morning. Hey, Pastor. How you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm glad you, I wasn't going to call this morning, but when you said Father's Day, every morning I look up at my, in the mirror, I look at my father. Yes. And, I, and he was a little, they used to call a little ugly thing, you know. But my daddy, it's not what's outside that counts. It's the inside that counts. Mm-hmm. My daddy raised nine children. Wow. I'm the oldest. That's all right. And we all, and my daddy left us a legacy. He didn't leave us no money. He left us something special. All he right. taught me he taught me how to be a man. Yeah. And that's what and that's why you call, I call in and do things. But my daddy said, even when you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And even if mm-hmm. no one feels your integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always do what's right. Yeah. So I just want to thank God for my dad. He's not in he's not he, I, I still live with me called DNA, called spiritual DNA. And All that's right. why you see me fighting. And I want to wish you and your family a happy Father's Day. And, and Dr. Andrew Cloud Anderson, you're the best dad I could ever get substitute. Dr. Cloud Anderson with Powernomics. That's my new dad now on Earth. Thank All you right. so much for taking my call. All right, thank you. Hey, close the line, 972-647-1893. Who do you have, Dave? Uh, we have G on line one. G? All righty. Good morning, G. Oh, good morning, bro- uh, Pastor Barnett. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. Thank you for asking, uh, uh, uh-huh. Pastor Barnett. Pastor Barnett, I just like to start this morning just to wish you a happy Father's Day. Oh, thank because you. Because I know it's a big thing, you know, for the father. Just like you were saying, we don't have a Father's Day. You We get cheated. I feel like the same way as my birthday is in November. Oh, okay? uh, well, we all know. It's just a, it's an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's Day was so popular. They, I guess, they decided they have to give us some because um, most most children completely up. They say ten. I think it's uh, almost eighteen, twenty one, whatever. They love mother more than they do father a lot of time. But then, the ones who really love daddy usually is the girls. They, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Men right. want them boys, and and uh, the girls growing up really 
carrying me the most about Dallas. I, uh, I've noticed this over the years. It's girls. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, sir, I have, too. Uh, I've lived uh, uh, 61 years, and I, I really have noticed it also. And, you know, uh, to say something good about my father, uh, my, my ha- I had a stepfather. He wasn't worth nothing. And my my biological father, he's, he passed away. I, I didn't get a chance to know him. I my mom, you know, they was it was just like that. I don't know what happened, but I fell short on that on that end. And I and uh, to say something about my father, I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Pastor Barnett, it's my heavenly father that I have to give props to. Right, he's been my father for uh, all the time that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so I would like to say Happy Father's Day to our heavenly Father this morning, because if it wasn't for him. It wouldn't be Father's Day, Juneteenth, Mother's Day, or none of this stuff. So yeah. to them that are listening, give your props to your Heavenly Father. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people walking around here, I hate my father. I can't stand my father. Mm-hmm. He ain't never did nothing for me. So you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I say praise God, hallelujah. Uh, you guys enjoy your weekend. Happy Father's Day to you, Pastor Brownett, and to, you, and to the uh, whole station there. And uh, y'all enjoy your day, and uh, we love you guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I close yes, the line, 972-607-1893. And that is something. Even every mother, even if you don't have uh, a husband, uh uncle, or somebody to be in your child's life, invoke the most high God into his life. He'll be a better father than any man could ever be. He really will watch over your children, your heavenly father. That is so true. All righty. Who do we have, Jack? Uh, we, Dave? We have Sandra. Sandra? All righty. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How you doing? Fine. How are you this morning? I, I would like to say happy Father's Day to you. Well, thank you. And also, I would like to say Happy Father's Day to Atrice Johnson and my son, Jonathan Rollins. All righty. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And also, I had a good father. My father's no longer with me. But I just want to say Happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father as well. All so right. He would not be here. He was, a, he was a good father. Yes, he was. He was a very good father. My father was 82 years old when he left. All right. Okay, he lived a long time. Are you from Dallas? Yes, I am. I was. I'm originally from Dallas. Mm-hmm. And uh, what school did you go to? I went to South Oak Cliff. South Oak Cliff. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize. Uh, I can tell how old you are when I ask you what school you went to. <laughs> because, really? Yeah, those older ones. Uh, those older ones of us are. It wasn't no blacks going to South Oak Cliff. I think the first blacks to ever graduated had one or two in the class of 1966. Uh, and then and those who uh, went to other places, the other schools, the Roosevelt's, the Pinkstons, uh, they they were uh, they they didn't open until around '64, '63, '64. Right. And then, but uh, the old Lincolns, Booker T's, and Madison opened in 56. 
Um, if we linking the Booker T, I can't tell because you could be any age. Those old historic black schools, but we. Well, I came out in '75. Yeah, I, I knew. I knew. I knew it was in the '70s when you came out because <laughs> hardly blacks really didn't take over uh, sock until uh, about '68. That's when blacks really mass numbers in six, seven, sixty eight, right. sixty nine, yeah. And then there was the uh, the Carters and Kimballs and all of that. That's to to a lot of us old heads, that that those are Johnny come lately schools for blacks. Right. They were white That's schools true. for a long time. Yes. All right. But I thank you. All righty. Okay. Thank you as well. You have a good weekend. Uh huh. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do you have, Dave? Reverend Moss. Reverend Moss, all righty. Good morning, Tricia. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. How are you this morning? I'm too blessed to be stressed. All right, that's wonderful. <laughs> all right. I just want to say happy Father's Day to you. And, uh, uh, I want to throw this in there. Everybody know me by Boss Boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I want, I want everybody to know that Boss Moss said Happy Father's Day. All right. Now, Reverend Barnett, uh, mm-hmm. going back to what you were talking about, why to go back into slavery, mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, preachers today, especially white preachers, they don't teach their congregation about the real, true slavery and, and, and what it was. You're so right. You are right. You, know, you are very and right. I, I want, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me, but I I just don't uh, particularly uh, care about black people joining white churches. All right. And uh, sitting under a white preacher because he's not going to teach what he really should teach mm-hmm. when it comes to black history. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that. No. No. In and fact, they don't father, even want teachers in the no, public school which you pay taxes to to teach the truth about American that's history. They don't want the right. truth taught. No. That's right. And see, my grandfather, my daddy's father, mm-hmm. was a slave. Uh, okay. I'm an old man. Okay. I'm an old man. So my daddy passed away at 91. Okay. So he was a good man. He was a good deacon, Deacon R.J. Moss. Mm-hmm. Amen. He he was a good man. Yes. And took care of his family. He walked to work to take care of us. Oh, yeah. We had some good deacons back in the day. You know it. Yep. They certainly did. We had good deacons, good men. But we yeah. don't have that kind of manpower like that no more. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So I just want to commend you for having these programs, brother. Looking at you. You have some good stuff coming on there. And everybody needs to hear you. And everybody needs to know what you're talking about. Yeah, I wish everybody did. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, let me say that. And I'm not going to forget Juneteenth. Yeah, I'm going to get my barbecue, and, and, and if I got a watermelon, I'm going to eat it, too. All right. So, you going to go <laughs> go all out old-fashioned Juneteenth, huh? That's, that's right. God <laughs> 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 right. Okay, you have a good day. Uh, you too. Reverend Barnett, we're going to go ahead and go into a break, and then we'll be back with a very special guest after that. All righty. Okay. Yo, what's up? It's time. I'm going to keep it in mind, y'all know. It's time. 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 It
Okay, well, we're back and uh, straight to it. This is Reverend Eddie Bernice Johnson on the line, Reverend Barnett. All right. Good morning, Congresswoman. Good morning. All righty. As we'd like to say, happy Juneteenth. Well, thank you. Happy Juneteenth to you. Yes, I remember back in the days. Uh, did you celebrate Juneteenth down in Waco? You know what? I I don't remember celebrating Juneteenth that much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but that was a question always in my family as to whether we should celebrate that day or the day that the proclamation was signed. All right. That that was that was the discuss uh, discussion in your family even back then. Yes. Yes, well, I don't know. I grew up where I never heard of the Emancipation and Proclamation until I got about in the third or fourth grade, somewhere along there. I think I had a Miss Forward, one of my teachers uh, mentioned that uh, it might have been Miss Manning. One, I forgot, it's been so long ago. But uh, it was a big holiday down south of Waco down a little town called Hearn, Texas. And uh, we we really went all out for, for that. We went all out for that. But on yesterday, uh, do you uh, believe uh, this is a, a step forward, step sideways, or step backwards uh, to uh, push this holiday? Well, to be honest with you, I I would have much rather it had been a holiday for the national elections uh, so that we wouldn't have to deal with getting off from work and all that. Now, the person who carried that bill, whose bill got signed, was was Corning, Senator Corning, Mm -hmm. from this state. Now, I remember when Governor Clements applauded it as his Civil Rights Act when he was in office. Mm-hmm. So it kind of turned me off because it was a lot more to do in terms of civil rights than make uh, make that a state holiday. You know, it's been a state holiday mm-hmm. uh, since he was governor. Mm-hmm. And so I can a holiday. A holiday is very costly uh, to the government to have a day off. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that uh, within our... Um, voting rights bills that we would get the general election as a holiday. Mm-hmm. But they don't want us to focus on our voting. Mm-hmm. They want us to enjoy our watermelon and whatever we do in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Hoping we'll election year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I appreciate the fact that it, it is history. Mm-hmm. It's history that have experienced <coughs> as a people. And so I respect it, but I'm very skeptical when you got a person willing to carry that as a holiday who's not even willing to vote to support uh, free voting. Uh, you know, it puts a little bitter taste in your mouth, but mm-hmm. but it does give uh, some recognition that we're supposed to be free. Yes, it does. Now, when it comes to governors, uh, how do you rate? Our present governor. 
one of the worst. Have you seen a governor in your lifetime this bad in Texas? Not really. Some of the things that he has done is just uh, unthinkable as a leader. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping uh, that we will use this celebration as one to go out and make sure that everybody over 18 is registered mm-hmm. and make sure vote him out of office next year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, well, he passing a bill that allowing people to carry guns without uh, registration or without any training, anything. Uh, uh, I think this is one of the, he signed that bill. I think this is one of the most ridiculous things. It's unbelievable that uh, someone with good sense would do something like this. He want all of us to kill ourselves so we won't be able to vote. I guess that's what it is. Because it's unthinkable. Uh, on yesterday, uh, down, going down Hampton Road, there was a shooting and a killing. Uh, two guys, uh, they, they bumped cars and something like that, and they just got out shooting. They both had guns. One man killed the other. Uh, I think, and the bill will not come into uh, fruition to become law until September 1st. And before that, we, we, we got shootings like this. People just care. Anybody can carry a gun except for convicting felons and the different things. We know why you have certain laws, certain rules. They know who to go after. But what is it about? I, I, I just can't understand this. I can't understand this governor. Well, in the end, again, I do understand him. He come up, he's trying to block us from voting. He's putting guns in people's hands. Uh, what, uh, is it anything that uh, the feds, what is it can the, the federal law do to uh, circumvent some of these laws that Texas has passed? Well, the main one we're trying to circumvent is the Voting Rights Act. There are two bills. One is the John Lewis bill, and the other one is what we consider the number one is House Bill 1. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to make sure. Now, House Bill 1 is the controversial one. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope we can get votes on the John Lewis bill, which reestablishes what the Supreme Court uh, took down <coughs> several years of mm-hmm. uh, voting protection. Mm-hmm. And the other bill is with a lot of things that I wondered whether or not uh, not just the one senator would question because uh, it, it it calls for interesting boards, it calls for um, uh, limiting on who can make contributions and how much to campaigns and it, it does go, it, it takes in a myriad of um, proposals mm-hmm. all of which we can live with because we don't get those massive amounts of money anyway from any group. Mm-hmm. But groups that finance a lot of these very right-wing people are the same ones that want all the guns and they attach it to the Second Amendment. But when you read the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. uh, it can be easily interpreted as 
weapons and a war. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have a war on a daily basis here. I think that's been misinterpreted. But mm-hmm. I don't think that there's any hope of getting it reinterpreted under the current Supreme Court. But uh, yeah. it is clear that the majority of the people that are being killed by gunfire uh, are minorities. Mm-hmm. And um, and we don't do that much on mental health care. So it, it uh, between having some emotionally disturbed people and guns, uh, you you got a real risk uh, mm-hmm. to uh, society. And so that's why I've mm-hmm. always tried to put mental health care attention. And I certainly have voted for limiting the proliferation of guns. Just mm-hmm. in this past couple of years, uh, just a number of people uh, that have been killed by innocent people, not in any kind of conflict, mm-hmm. been killed by fire. Yeah. It, it, it's really it's sad that we live in a society who's willing to make that worse rather than better. Yes, because we had a uh, six-year-old child uh, to be uh, stabbed to death. Uh, I think that was day before. Was it yesterday or day be- day before yesterday? A small child. You, uh, I think that whoever would do something like that has to be a mentally disturbed person. Would see, we need to do something about uh, mental health? Health. But now, do you think uh, this have immortalized uh, President Obama? What the Senate did the other day was when they voted and to keep uh, the Affordable Health Care Act. Oh, that, that was the Supreme Court upheld it again. That was a, yeah. that really yeah. was a, a law that was, I mean, uh, that Texas uh, suit that Texas brought to try to get rid of uh, affordable care, and we have the largest number of working people in the country mm-hmm. that cannot afford care because of the wages that they make and that do not finish the opportunity to buy into a reasonable health care package. We have pleaded with this governor to extend Medicaid so that people can have some type of coverage, mm-hmm. and he will not do it. He'll circumvent it every time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, why, why, why is it they're so bent on making Texas seem like a, just one of these old Yahoo racist states? Well, because it's being run by Yahoo racists. <laughs> I uh, guess so. <laughs> you would never dream Texas, the second largest state both ways, whether they're geographically in population and uh, probably the richest state in the union, uh, but it's run like it's. You would think you had a whole bunch of hillbillies running Texas. Well, we do. Unfortunately, <laughs> they we got a, a we could, the the main lawmaker has been under indictment ever since he's been been in office, which is an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And at least even gotten more complaints that that should be, he should come to trial for. Mm-hmm. So we are we are loaded down with very troubling leadership in this state right now. Uh, let's see, uh, is, that, is it 
it's an election that we're in 22, isn't it? Yes. And uh, will most of those who are in power in Texas, they'll be up for re-election next year, right? All of them, yes. Well, are the, will the National Party help the state of Texas Democrats to get rid of these fellas that are in office. Now, this is, this is a, to me, it's a tyranny, what's going on in Texas. Well, I agree, but, you know, national can't do much for us if we don't vote. What we have to do, and they can, they can tell us how important voting uh, is, but we have got to make sure uh, that, People get the message and vote because we've been taking voting very lightly when it's really the most important power we have mm-hmm. uh, to protect people that's going to make decisions on your life. Uh, Texas has one of the most conservative statewide elected officials group than any state that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. And they don't even act because they do a lot of things that, uh, that are very questionable. we got an attorney general. Uh, that could be, if, if he was not attorney general, <laughs> another other indictments for abusing his staff to break the law. Mm-hmm. And yet, supposed to be the example of the one who's going to help make sure the state follows the law. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he's breaking it himself. Well, there, there are some things that are, that are happening now that you would never dream you'd see in Texas. And uh, it's just a, a sad situation to see how people uh, are we sleepwalking. Because when I talk to people, they they say yes. Uh, they don't seem to be, be just upset or t- almost terrified over this, which is really happening to us here in Texas. Do you think they have... We're not able to wake the people up of what's going on. Well, I hope that we try every time. I hope it will begin to wake up because the vote is the most powerful tool we have. Mm -hmm. And it's really important tool that we have to have a democracy or to preserve or recapture a democracy. Mm -hmm. So there's no other power because of the vote. With this utilization, we can get people uh, that represent us. Now, this last election, we had an opportunity for Texas to carry before President Biden. That's right. And it did. Uh, and we had a drop-off. We had a, a major turnout among African Americans, but it was a drop-off from the turnout under Obama. And mm-hmm. a number of panics did not vote for Biden. They voted for Trump. Yeah, that's, 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 that's true. That, 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 um, and I, I don't know everything that Trump did from trying to keep them out of the country to trying to make sure they didn't get citizenship, mm-hmm. made sure there were no benefits, mm-hmm. and, and all of that, and they still voted for him, which means they say most of them were not very educated people. I was just reading a study here recently where they did an analysis of the voters. Mm-hmm. And they were mostly um, uh, people not that literate. But you don't have to be that literate to know how to vote. Yeah. So we still 
got to do a lot more educating uh, with people uh, to make sure that when they cast that vote, it's for themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, not to just be popular with somebody who talks a big talk. Mm -hmm. Or out of fear. Yes, but uh, I, I, I... The rural areas mm -hmm. where people are the poorest in Texas, the rural areas are the ones that supported Trump. Yes. But I, I can't understand if you don't have to have a lot. If someone is beating you over the head, uh, you don't have to have a lot of other information not to vote for that person. And I, I never understood that why Hispanics did uh, go all in out for for Trump. They they this this was just something that uh this un, I don't understand. I don't understand why they would do that. But what we got to do now is uh campaign uh are y'all gonna work um congressional districts uh certain gonna do uh certain things and how do you, how do you think is the best way to get this thing done well they're in charge because we allow them to be in charge so there's a majority in the house and senate in texas so even when they do redistricting it'll be a battle mm -hmm. and we probably will not get the representation by districts as we should and deserved by population. Now, this state has grown tremendously since in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and most of that growth has been Democratic growth. Mm -hmm. But by the time you draw these lines, you would never believe it. Mm -hmm. Now, we have 36 districts. Now, we'll have 38 at the beginning, at, at the end of this, with an additional number of of minorities and and democratic history of democratic voting that have come to this state. Redistricting is done by computers, which can split a bedroom, mm -hmm. and so they will split it as as illegally as they can mm -hmm. uh, to serve and to get the majority of the members in in every way, whether it's local, whether it's um, uh, county, whether it's uh, statewide for the attorneys and everybody, and statewide elected officials. So when these lines are now, the lines are drawn by each of those segments of government. The city council draw their lines. The county commissioners draw their lines. Uh, mm -hmm. But the legislature draws the House and Senate U.S. congressional uh, lines. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're in the hands of of a negative majority uh, drawing those lines. So it, it'll be a long uh, battle. Now, let me just say the last last 10 years, we went to Supreme Court three times, one every time. Mm -hmm. But it came right to the same body to redraw those lines. And what the Republicans did was just amend a little bit to get more of what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And go right back to the Supreme Court, win again, to come back, go to the same thing. Did it three different times. Mm -hmm. And we never lost at the Supreme Court challenging the illegal lines, but they never got corrected. So they're going to, you know, gerrymander those lines in a way that give, uh, you think the Republicans will, with this great growth that has happened in Texas over the last 10 years, 
You think they'll gain another seat or anything in Congress or what? How do you think they're going to do it? If they can see how they can steal it, they'll do it because they've done it based upon what they've done in the in the past. Um, so all we can do is try and spot and try to have access to courts because in the meantime, uh, Corning for this state has loaded this state down with the most right wing young judges, mm-hmm. and and so the court are not going to be leaning in, in the favor of fairness when it comes to that. They're going to be leaning in the favor of the Republicans who put them there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, uh, that'll be another rough 10 years uh, in state government. But it, it, it's going to be just so imperative that we go to the polls to remove certain people out of office. We have just got to do that. We have got to do it because I've never... Seen anything like it? I can remember the first one, Governor. I can remember his thing was Alan Shivers, and uh, he was he was something else. But I I I don't I don't re- remember one as nearly as bad. Uh, Dolph Risco, any of the rest of them, were nearly as bad as this guy we got now as Governor. I just don't know. No, I think. Probably the worst that I have experienced in my lifetime. <laughs> he's, he, he's tough. He's tough. He's something else. I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, certain things are just common sense. Those who'd like to join the conversation, you can reach us at 972-647-1893. We're up against a short break, and we'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back. All right, now uh, he's gonna try. We're gonna try now to take your calls. Um, we, uh, uh, our producer, our number producer is not here. Who worked on it? And uh, you've called in. Y'all want to talk to Congresswoman Johnson? Uh, he's going to try to take the calls. He's going to try to take the calls. and we go, Hopefully we can work this thing out right. Because y'all, y'all certainly calling at 972-647-1893. Y'all certainly calling. We're going to try to work it out now. Congresswoman Johnson, you still there? 972-647-1893. Did you cut off? I'm still here. Is she still here? No. I'm still here, Blackhawk. I'm still here. Is, uh, Blackhawk? Yeah, it's all right. We're trying to get Congresswoman Johnson back on. Uh, come on, come on, Blackhawk. What do what you, you want to say? Since, since happy, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth to you, uh, Blackhawk. Yeah, uh, God yeah. bless y'all down in Dallas. I'm up in Fort Worth with Mr. Opa Lee. You over in Fort Worth? Yeah, in Fort Worth. I'm in Fort Worth now. All right, you in Cowtown, Oklahoma, by Nazis, man. <laughs> so there. I called you, told you come get me. I had to get out of them Nazis. Got back in up. I had to run. Yes. Well, you 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 in Cowtown now? They they won't bother you there. Yeah, Cowtown, funky town. It ain't no better. Well, Fort, Fort Worth is is really growing. It's over a million people now. Yes, yeah, growing, it's growing. I'm out here, Hearst, uh, Azo, uh, Bedford, I'm going out here. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's a wonderful so thing. Happy Juneteenth, Dad. Okay? Happy Juneteenth to you, Blackhawk. God bless you. Abraham Lincoln didn't free nobody. He didn't free anybody? He didn't free nobody. We still slaves. All right. Okay. We're slaves. Child slavery. All right. Okay. Yeah, you have. You had all alaykum. kind of slavery. Yeah. While I select along. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. That clears the line. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. We uh, got them. We're trying to get a uh, Congresswoman Johnson back. We haven't. Having problems with our phones again today. Okay, what's your name, sir? We're having problems. That's the reason why we hadn't. Spirit? I know it's a lot of you want to talk yeah, to the lines yeah, are staying full and they go off. And uh, you always want to talk to her. And uh, you're supposed to. She's our yes, highest ranking uh, federal official in most of uh, Dallas, uh, Black Dallas. And. Uh, other areas. She's our highest ranking official. Uh, we just want to uh, see what we've got. Who, who do we have, Dave? We had Bernice Johnson's back. She's back. Okay. Is, uh, you think you can bring a call on with us? We'll have to explain to Congresswoman that we're having problems with our phone. With this, uh, righty. You think you you got somebody, we'd rather just keep her own rather than lose her tr- trying to work these lines. Oh, God. Good morning. Uh, uh, Congresswoman, you're there? Yes, I am. Okay, all right. We're, we're just going in, uh, and uh, talk with you this morning. Uh, when, um, when, what, what, what legislation you think would be needed to uh, assure our voting rights. I'm worried about that. Well, uh, there are two <coughs> major packages. Mm-hmm. It's House Bill 1 and House Bill 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, House Bill 1 is the one that's most controversial with all the extra measures. Mm-hmm. The House Bill 4 is called the John Lewis Act, mm-hmm. which restores the oversight that was lost several years ago mm-hmm. uh, when um, the Supreme Court upheld a ruling from the Justice Department that they did not need to oversee mm-hmm. the processes in each state. And so the review from the Justice Department was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that restored, that re- if we don't get anything but the John Lewis uh, Act that will help. Of course, mm-hmm. it would be much better if we could get uh, HB1, which is the more comprehensive approach that addresses redistricting. It addresses how elections are to be held. Mm-hmm. Uh, it addresses contributions uh, and so-called dark money. And so it's, it's very comprehensive. And mm-hmm. of course, we would like to have it, but if we if we could just get the John Lewis Act, mm-hmm. at least we would know that the Justice Department can have a right to oversee mm-hmm. 
the election because Texas is one of the worst states for fairness when it comes to voting. Mm-hmm. And the draconian bills of which they have uh, passed this time and the one that was killed, uh, I- I'm very grateful to those members who walked out uh, to uh, uh, avoid having a quorum to do the foul, the, uh, foul uh, vote mm-hmm. uh, on that anti-voting bill. It was really anti-voting, uh-huh. especially as relates. It was clear that the people they don't want to vote are the minorities and poor people. That's right. They want to do away with the uh, uh, souls to the polls, uh, restrict early voting, because, you know, the majority of us now voting early when when it's more convenient for us, because if we're mm-hmm. working, there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to get there on that one day. Right. They saw the massive turnout this last election, and people used early voting. And now they're trying to restrict that. It is no secret. They're doing it very clearly to inhibit uh, our voting, the mm-hmm. minority voting mm-hmm. uh, in the state. And it's blatant. And it, it's unbelievable uh, that this is happening this time in our history when we are supposed to be celebrating the greatest democracy in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes the democracy real is the right for people to express themselves. And, and that's what they're trying to cut off. Well, it, it should be it, it, the way it boasts outwardly that they're proud of being the greatest democracy in the world. But at the same time, inwardly, we got some fighting that's trying to steal the votes, like you say, away from from people of color. Uh, don't want them to vote. Uh, people of certain income don't want them to vote. Uh, rather than change and do what's right for everybody, they would rather steal the votes away from those who they possibly can. Do you see it that way? Oh, yes. The main ones they don't want to vote are those that they know will vote on the Democratic ticket. And the only mm-hmm. reason why we vote the Democratic ticket because that is the not the perfect party, but it's the only party that gives us uh, a little bit of a privilege. Well, do do the Democrats need to do people just need to, to take out and uh, a little time? Because I notice I talk to young people, younger people. Uh, they say, I don't, why do we give all our votes to Democrats? Why do we give them? They've never done anything. They ain't doing nothing for us. Uh when people have not experienced what America was really once, really openly overt, racist, harsh, severe, bigotry, ignorance uh, toward us, they didn't live through that era. So uh, maybe they just don't know the historicity of what the Democrat and Republican parties have been to American people. Well, perhaps not, because, you know, when you get in office, you got it, it takes time to get to the point where you can make a difference, because you have to go through the process of voting those differences in. Mm-hmm. And so it still depends on votes of the people who are there. Now, you see the difficulty that President Biden is having. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's trying very hard to keep commitments and to preserve democracy. Mm-hmm. But 
but we have a very thin edge, and all of that is due to redistricting. Uh-huh. Uh, the majority in the House mm-hmm. of Democrats, and we have an even number in the Senate. And mm-hmm. so it comes down to one thing, our voting. Yes. Now, we did a great job in getting uh, two Democratic senators elected from the South. Mm-hmm. And Georgia. Georgia, yes. Uh-huh. And that, that brought us up to an even 50. Mm-hmm. That give us much edge and much, much a wiggle room to get anything done. Mm-hmm. But it's better than not having that. Yeah. And so what we have to understand is it's not magical uh, that things are going to change right away until you get the numbers you need to make sure that it does change. The efforts are there. Uh, we had a slim majority in the House, mm-hmm. and we hope to be able to maintain it. History says that that's taught us that usually at the end of the first two years of a Democratic president, we lose the majority. And that's certainly been the case the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that's not the case. But what they're trying to do is make sure that we do nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they can campaign against the president saying he did nothing. All right. so that he- I'll be honest. What I really, really wanted, wanted to ask you, what's your opinion of Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin is a, is a survivor. I think that he is not going to be uh, intimidated with threats. He's in a state where he's the only elected Democrat. Trump won that state by 46%, which Mm -hmm. means it was a very, very narrow Democratic vote. He's always been very conservative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And somewhat reasonable, but his self-preservation. But, is, but I think, I, I really do think that when he said he could support some of the provisions in that bill, he said he could support the John Lewis bill, mm-hmm. which is important. And then he talked about taking some of the provisions out of the other bill. And then McConnell stated no matter what they did with it, he was not going to let it pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's because the Republicans can use the kind of motions that make it take 60 votes to pass. Mm-hmm. So and the only they 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 want to try to go to closure in order to. Uh, Get this thing uh, blocked, uh, what? And they see, they still are uh, in the Senate. They're arguing. Are they still arguing about uh, filibustering? Yes, he has said that he would not change filibustering. Well, if he doesn't change on filibustering. It moves it to sixty votes. To pass it, mm-hmm. if they um, decide to filibuster, 
Now, oh, filibuster hadn't been used since the debate on civil rights mm-hmm. back to the Johnson administration. Well, and many of the Democrats want to get rid of the filibuster so a majority can rule. But it takes 60 votes to shut down a filibuster. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that, that's what the Republicans are holding. Now, they wanted to change it when they were a minority. Mm-hmm. But now, now that they can use that to stop whatever we're doing, they want to hold to it. And, and there, there are arguments on both sides, because when we're in a minority, that's the only process we can exercise to get control of something. Mm-hmm. Now, and he has said that he is not for changing the filibuster, and they got to have his vote to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're really kind of at a standstill in the Senate, but we haven't given up. We're still working on it. We have a number of civil rights groups that are visiting and working with individuals to try to see if we can get it going. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, how do you see this thing working out? Just take this summer. How do you think this thing is going to work out just this summer? I don't know. There's so much unrest. I think that when we get back to the point where we are in touch with each other, it might be better. Right now, in Washington, we're in our individual offices because of the virus. Mm-hmm. We are still, for the most part, using Zoom for committee meetings. Mm-hmm. We go to the floor to vote in groups. And so we don't get a chance to sit down and talk with each other. Mm-hmm. When we get to the point where we are back to associating with each other, sitting next to each other, contacting each other on a personal basis, I think that'll help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, uh, most of the time now, when with, with, the, with remote voting, uh, people can tune in anywhere. Um, to be a part of a committee meeting uh, that can and can cast their vote mm-hmm. uh, by texting it in the person that you've selected to cast that vote on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all of that, uh, of course, had to change. It was in place because of protection of the virus, and we're not certain... Um, how many people have not uh, received vaccines? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can safely um, assure you that the majority of the Democrats have had the vaccine. But we don't know if Republicans, and they're trying to make it a policy, uh, not to have to say whether or not they had the vaccine. Why, the why are they doing that? <laughs> Well, you know, I would ask that same question on why they're trying to keep us from voting. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think they do it because they don't want to see the effects of change. They don't want us to function. 
and and they're going to use whatever way they can to be insulting and slow things down to stop change. Are these people who are sitting there waiting on Trump to come back? Many of them are. Uh, it's such a uh, 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 the uh, the government seems like it's almost at a standstill in many ways that uh, they just they don't want to do their jobs they they don't want is it is it bigotry and racism that strong in America? It's certainly being expressed, mm-hmm. um, and maybe those who are, are not. I know there are many, many people that do not uh, support the racist attitudes, and I don't believe all of them uh, live in Democratic districts. But they continue to send the same racists uh, back. Uh, the racists get reelected and raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that money is coming from the individual districts, but it's coming from somewhere. And they are convincing people to vote for them. That's what's so sad. Yes. But that's also the uh, uh, the benefit they have is is, is gerrymandering. Yes. Yeah. I tell you, I tell you, we're up against a break right now. We have a short break, and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? It's All right, we're back. And uh, who do we have on the line, Dave? We have a caller on line two. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Yes, uh-huh. Go right ahead. You're on the air. Remember that? Yes. Hey, this is Eric. Uh, okay. I went uh, two months ago when I got my stimulus check. I went to ANSF for about $900 gross. And I got on the bus stop. I can remember back in 1986. And uh, I can buy a bottle of tonic for like $4 back then. Paid $300 cash for my pinto. And uh, oh. I was eating like $20, $25 with food every week. And I was working at a Kelly Bell Tupperware Aces. Three or four days a week. Put two people in my car. They gave me two hours of gas. And I would take them home. I can hustle, baby. I paint houses, cut yards, and, you know, party, go out with my mm-hmm. friends. But I could survive real good back then. But right now, I get on the bus stop. I went about nine dollars to groceries and sell food. And I got on the bus stop with two bags of groceries. And I rode the bus on home. I live in the group home right now. And uh, I, I did a uh, two thousand jumping jacks two weekends ago and uh, 700 push-ups and 200 700 push-ups and 200 uh, sit-ups. And I lost nine pounds in two months. And I'm 59 years of age. I'd be 60 in December 30th. And okay. the jumping jacks I did, I didn't get sore the first. I did a five jumping jack the first day and a 350 you, push-ups. You, you're still uh, trying to box, And the next day I did the same thing. I wasn't sore or nothing. Because yeah. Coach taught me in his, in his book, he was very paused. He was calm. He taught me that Hall of Fame Curtis Coach taught me everything he knew. He was going for his training and he was an icon. Yeah. He taught me everything that he knew and his brother gonna change. Uh, I talked to his brother yesterday, Joe Cole. I tell you, oh, yeah, I know Curtis. Uh, 
Joe and I, I was good friends with all of them. Though. I yeah. still got everything. Yeah. I'm gifted. But, but I tell you what, uh, uh, we 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 gonna uh, move. We got to hear that you're doing well and got all that exercise at the age of fifty nine. But I still advise yeah. you leave that boxing alone right. because you got them youngsters out no, there. No man, that's yeah. what I do. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Is this, is we, did we get Congresswoman? All right. Uh, Congresswoman, you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry about that. Again, we're just having. Uh, problems we the phone's just ringing off the hook but uh we'll have it right next time next interview uh when uh, we uh, um uh looking at things now from my from the 60s to uh, uh 21 uh from 60s say 64 65 68 to 2021 uh, what has changed? What do you feel like have changed for the better in America? Well, if you look at the history, uh, when President Trump pushed through the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, we started to lose, and it has continued. And when when they got a chance to do the gerrymandered more effectively mm-hmm. uh, using computers, they have made sure that we've stayed out of or even adequate representation in the South. Mm-hmm. A good example, we had several people uh, that were Democrats from the Mississippi. We now have one, which is an African American. The mm-hmm. same thing in North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. The same thing in Alabama. The same mm-hmm. thing in Louisiana. When mm-hmm. we had multiple uh, members that were color that that of uh, 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 black members, African American members, mm-hmm. is down to those southern states to one, and that's almost the only Democrat those southern states are sending because of the action negatively toward Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, mm-hmm. and so we've got to overcome it by attempting to get other people in office. All of those old Democrats from the South became Republicans. Mm-hmm. Same thing in, in Texas. We had not had a Republican governor until we got Clement for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. But as he came in and started espousing all this very, very conservative stuff, and then they, in the middle of a term, completely redrew all of the congressional lines. When I went to that, when I went to Washington in night in the class of '92, mm-hmm. we had thirty members, and the and the delegation. Uh-huh. Twenty one of them were Democrats. Wow. Three or four years later, uh, it was changed under a new governor, and they redrew the lines, and we went down to ten. And we've and now we're struggling out, and we've continued to grow in numbers. We've continued to grow in diversity, and we're getting fewer seats each time they draw them. That is what is going on throughout this country. Gerrymandering, right? People, until we elect the governors and some of the uh, leading people. People that have jurisdiction over that kind of thing, we will still lack the representation mm-hmm. that we need. 
And no matter how hard we fight, we're in, in the smaller numbers, and we can't get it done. We can get the message out there. We can educate. We can use all the techniques like the members walked out and broke the quorum to keep from this draconian bill going into law. Mm-hmm. We can do those kind of things, but it doesn't affect where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. So that's why we go right back to one thing, voting, heavy voting. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you won't see a miraculous change until we have several sessions of people that care about us in office. It, it cannot change in one because we don't, if you, have, you might have a president like we have now with a very slim majority in the House and an even number in the Senate. It's still difficult to get things done. We need a few more in each one. Mm-hmm. Because the, the House, um, y'all only about what, five votes ahead? I think it's like nine or 11. Is it nine or 11? I know it's, it's it's slim. It's not an overwhelming number. But now, do you believe Donald Trump really wants a civil war in America? I don't think he cares because he he promoted he promoted a civil war January sixth. I don't think he he wants anything that disrupts mm-hmm. democracy. And He's a dictator. Wants to be able to do have a dictatorship. That's what he was practicing, and that's what he wants to come back to practice. Uh, and he was enjoying it because all of them and his family were getting very rich because they controlled everything and got as much money out of the government as they could. Well, now, he did get 76 million votes. That was about 8 million or so less than Biden, but that's still 76 million Votes. That's that's a lot of people in America that's voting for this man. That still seem to really love and admire him. What what do you make of that? I think it's sad because the basic premise that he promotes is racism mm-hmm. and dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And you have we, that many Americans that really want that. I don't know if they want it, but I think that they are certainly promoting it to vote, to be supporting him. Uh, he, he's unbelievable. I've never seen a president of the United States, whether they were right-wingers or not, act the way he acted. Reagan was just probably just as conservative, but Reagan was slick enough to be smoother with it. He He's just overtly out there, out in the right wing and, and pushing it hard. So maybe that's what America wants. Well, what's so disappointing is how, how he mistreated uh, Latinos in particular. Yes. And citizenship and everything else. And yet those are the voters that caused him to carry Texas. Yes, but uh, they they he built a wall. He built and put kids in there. He put kids in things that look like jailhouses. Put a little children in there, and uh, you know they were caught, cold, whatever the weather dictated. That's what they were. They and uh, just everything. How could they bring themselves to vote for him? Do you think they were hearing a different newscast than the rest of us? What was going on? 
Well, they campaigned. They they put on masks and gloves and and rang their doorbells and and convinced them to vote for him while we were texting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everybody everybody does not read text. That's right. Uh, And so we we gave it to them this time. I I don't know what our party really did, to tell you the truth. I'm not aware of what they did. Uh, to get out the vote. I know what I try to do is, is register more voters and stimulate them to go out and, with activities and and with um, uh, telephone calls to them and all that, but mm-hmm. I didn't touch other. I didn't see any activity in the Latino community. Well, do you think the Democrats just took, it, took for granted that the Latinos would be uh, voting for the Democrat? I don't know that a state party chair is Latino. So, you uh, you know, you assume that he's doing something to try to attract the vote. But I didn't see what it was. Now, maybe they did something. But I certainly didn't see any activity. Mm-hmm. Because it looked, they had almost... I think the Republicans almost had given up on Texas. They saw it going blue, but it didn't do it. It went red, and a lot of us were shocked because I thought, I'll be honest, I thought Texas would go blue because uh, Harris County, Dallas County, uh, Bear County, didn't all three of the largest counties in Texas go uh, blue? Including Tarrant County. Tarrant County went blue? But then you know it sure should have been a a change in Texas. Terry County went blue. But it's it's changing. It's growing up, too. So. Yes, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the Democratic Party does not take for granted this coming election way they did the last one. Because, you know, I, I understand that the Biden campaign gave a lot of money to Texas to run the campaign. I don't know where the money went. Now, maybe they were spending it on people that were supposed to be working in those areas. I know nothing came here for uh, people to um, be active. They had they had a, a, a Biden campaign <coughs> from this area, but I never even saw the person but one time. Mm-hmm. Well, now, who is the National Democratic Chair? Uh, it is... Jamie, uh, that he, he's the, the black man that ran for the U.S. Senate out of North Carolina. Okay, uh, I saw him on TV yesterday. Uh huh. Yeah, they have a they have a long number, a long list of people. Now they reorganized that uh, Democratic National Committee, and uh, it, he's got a lot of different vice chairs to mm-hmm. try to get more. Ad- Texas was probably the biggest worst state in terms of turnout based upon what it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, in my judgment, we got to put some energy into our, our party network. State. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, uh, the Democrats just can't sit back and say uh, Hispanics will vote for us because we've been on their side. They got to get out and work the campaign like, like anyone else, huh? Yes, and turn out more African Americans too. Uh, none of us can take for granted that somebody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's one thing that always seemed to have angered me. Democrats just seemed to didn't work as hard or push certain issues like the Republicans would do it. If they saw a leak anywhere, they were going to expose it and talk about it. Well, it seemed like Democrats don't do it that as much as Republicans. Republicans can get one statement that they use nationwide that's just barely above being overtly racist. Mm-hmm. Democrats have to have a number of messages. They have a message for the South, a message for the East, the, the message for the mid-country. Mm-hmm. And what happened last time is they allowed the Republicans to take one message and spread it all over the country, and it wiped us out here in Texas. That was socialism, defunding mm-hmm. post, Green New Deal, and free health care for all. Yeah, that socialism is the one that tickles me because uh, when you look at social programs such as, well, public schools is a social program, is it not? Uh, there are certain social programs that everybody really Work with and have, but they certain by certain things that they push, and really people never think about anything else but what they are saying, and they can just take anything and make an issue out of it, and 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 win votes with it. Where the Democrats seem to don't work as hard. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but I know we got to work now. Coming in twenty twenty two. That's right. We've got to work. Well, we just, just about we got to wrap it up, and we thank you, Congresswoman. Uh, do you uh, have a final statement you'd like to make to everyone? Well, thank you very much, and I thank you for this program. I think that we continue need to stress the importance of voting, and okay. it's critically important for our state next year. We should change our leadership from the top of the ticket to the bottom of the ticket and when it comes to statewide race. So thank you very much for helping to spread the message. And I mm. hope we'll see some more activity all across the segments okay. uh, of our county and state to make that happen. So government, that's for the people. All right. All right. Thank you, Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson, the 30th District. Of United States Congress, Texas. All righty, uh, I'm Marion Boynton. We'd like to thank Dave Pios, uh producing this morning. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to all of you callers. Y'all just ringing our four phones. Just, I don't know. We may not have any lights after today, the way these phones ringing, but we just couldn't do it. But we'll, we'll get it taken care of. We, we've had, we're still tornadoes and Everything else, so we ain't let the phone lines wreck it. So, gotta say good morning. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hope to hear y'all on tomorrow morning, 9.30, Marion Barnett Sr. on Facebook, uh, Heavenly Joy Church. Listen to us tomorrow morning, 9.30. All right. Lord bless you. Keep you. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Yeah, what's up? It's time. I'm going to keep it in mind, y'all know. It's time. 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 It's